0: Welcome back to Lace Up and Run podcast. If you are new to, Hi hey Lindsay, if you are new to the podcast <laughs> show, we believe in an active lifestyle with a primary focus on running and hiking. We cover trail running, road running, ultra marathons, OCRs, hiking trails, <clears throat> and much more. Uh, we provide shoe reviews, gear reviews, running advice, race information, and all other topics to keep you motivated and successful. And there are two negatives to this show today, Lindsay. Number one is you. Oh, two. Two, yes. Um Number one is you are not in studio. We're
1: is doing- the second one I can't drink any alcohol because I'm at work.
0: It is, and it, it, it's it's a double whammy, as you like to say, because it, I'm not drinking either.
1: So- <gasps> oh, we're not drinking. We're we're twinsies.
0: So the <laughs> the norm in this podcast, whether you and the listening audience agree with or not, is we do have a supply of bourbon in the podcast studio. However, uh-huh. um, at the time of recording, we're looking at like 1030 something in the morning and I have a full <laughs> a full day of stuff I'm going to get into afterwards. So I've decided to be a good boy.
1: Oh, I'm proud of you. And you're being a good girl because <laughs> you're at work. I am. I don't think my <laughs> boss would really appreciate me doing any bourbon or fireball while I'm at work. So, nay on the alcohol, a. <clears throat> Yeah, at least wait till the <laughs> There afternoon. you go.
0: If you have a couple of minutes, <laughs> take the time to give us a positive review. Um, you can jump over onto Apple and Spotify, which are the two um, platforms that the show is most downloaded on. Of course, it's on uh, many others, but those are the two most popular. Um, you leave a, either a star review or a written review, and it helps us out, and we appreciate that. I really
1: do. Thanks, guys.
0: Lace Up and Run is presented by RTS Sports Running and Hiking Specialty Store. If you are a runner, walker, hiker, or just someone who is on your feet all day, RTS Sports offers the highest quality footwear, gear, and accessories to keep you moving forward. You can visit us at one of our two retail locations in Marion, Illinois and Paducah, Kentucky. Stop by, see Lindsay, Mike, Karen, Denise, or myself. Um, you can also visit us online at runtosucceedsports.com. We encourage you to shop local when and where you can. In doing so, you're not only supporting the local business and their family, but you're supporting the local economy. Um, let's talk a little race spotlight, Mrs. Roberts. Um, this weekend, Yeah, let's do it. This weekend, you are not <laughs> available, and we'll get into why here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> There are at least two events going on this weekend. We have the Ashley K. Jackson Memorial 5K Saturday morning. That is uh, finishes and ends, or finishes and ends. (laughs) Starts and finishes at the Ziegler School on Route 148 in Southern Illinois. Uh, We have been involved um, in that race for many years now from a timing perspective, so we will be there Saturday morning timing. And also the Ren Lake Marathon is happening. I
2: yep.
0: <clears throat> Should throw out there. Uh, check out the Shiny Hills 100. That's not till August, but so you have time to start training up. Um, but there's a 100 mile option, a 100K option, a 50K option, and a half marathon option. And you can use code RTS save ten RTS S A V E one zero to save ten percent on your entry into the Shiny Hills.
1: Yeah, and save the date December 10th for our Wicked Pig Ultra.
0: (laughs) That's right. Um, Okay, I'm going to play the intro, and then we'll uh, get into the meat and taters here.
1: Meat and taters, sounds
2: good. Grab your glass of 90 Proof and get ready it's time for the lace up and run podcast the podcast that welcomes all ultra runners trail runners marathoners and weekend warriors just don't show up with an empty glass we give running insight and provide product reviews to make you a better runner now get ready to lace up and run with your host tim jarvis
0: That's me. That is you. And today's episode we're lacing them up with our often co-host, Mrs. Lindsay Roberts <laughs> on the horn as you well know by now. So, Hi guys. <clears throat> you are about to embark on a big journey.
1: It's a it's a very big journey. I'm so freaking nervous.
0: <laughs> you should be. And uh I I'm assuming <laughs> you're referring to your um FKT attempt on uh, the river to river trail, but I'm not.
1: Oh, you're not. What you, what no, what, no. what journey are you referring? This,
0: this to? is a bigger journey you're embarking on. You are tasked. Okay. You are tasked with finding my mailbox key.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, man. I just I looked all over my house last night too, and I still can't find it. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep looking.
0: Yeah, so that's <laughs> you thought we were talking about your uh, 160 mile journey.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I've never lost a key before, Uh, so this will be a first if it is indeed lost. Well, it may have
0: (laughs) not been you. It might have been OKP.
1: I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. I really have no idea, but, uh, you know, 38 years, not losing a key. I almost made it to 39.
0: This is your opportunity to blame somebody else and you're not doing it.
1: Oh no! I love KP. I'm not going to blame her. <laughs> it might have been me. I don't know. We will find that mailbox key though, come hell or high water. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, no let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I want let, to let's let's actually dive into it here. You've completely lost your grits, but I mean, we knew that already. Um, what? uh yep. What level of anxiety are we dealing with right now?
1: Like on the scale of 10, I'm probably at a 12. I don't know. I, this, I haven't been this nervous in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, it's just cause I'm, you know, going to be alone for three days, three to four days. And, uh, it's 157 miles of some pretty gnarly stuff. So, you know, and I don't want to have to call for help because then I will lose my self-supported distinction. Um, so I'm really just nervous about being able to do it all by myself. So. Perfect yep, segue.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect segue. So, <clears throat> what I'd like you to do, and I know we've we've addressed this on the show before, but um, describe what an FKT is. Um, and, you okay. know, it's not just some thing you made up, right? It's an actually legit deal.
1: <laughs> um, it is. There and, are rules. <laughs> right, and then,
0: and if you can kind of break down what it's three options that you have, right, with supported, non-supported, mm-hmm. and then um, I'll just let you go into that, and then uh, what you've done and what you're doing.
1: Alright, sounds good. So I, uh, so an FKT is a fastest known time on a trail that's recognized and has been submitted to the FKT governing body. Um, so they have an entire submission process and rules for each distinct FKT. And so there are three FKT types. Uh, the first and the most difficult is unsupported. And that means you carry everything with you that you need on the trail from start to finish other than filtering your own water along from naturally available resources. So you can't use um, anything that's not available to the general public. And then once we go down a step, we've got the self-supported, which is the one that I'm going to go for this time. And that is you do it all on your own, but you can stash things ahead of time. So I have seven caches in the woods um, full of gear, emergency supplies, food, um, stuff that I might need along the way. Um, and so that is self-supported. You have to do the drop and you have to pick up the drop. So nobody can help you do those things. Um, and so that is, and self-supported you can also buy stuff at like gas stations or restaurants along the way, uh, convenience stores, whatever, but I'm not going to do that cause I'm, I really want to trend more towards the unsupported category. And so I'm going to stay with self-supported with a twist uh, so it leans a little bit more towards the unsupported because I really don't want to stop and buy anything or have to um, get anything extra. I want what I put in those caches to be the only things that I use, other than the creek water that I'm filtering between drops. And then the easiest one is, which is still not easy, but it's the no. uh, it's the yeah it's the supported. So you can have all the help in the world that you want. Um, gets you from A to B other than driving you or carrying you. So you can have people out there running with you. You can have people taking pictures, cheering you on, giving you food and water, and that is supported. And that's what I've already done. So I do hold the fastest known supported time, male or female on the river to river trails, two days, 17 hours and 35 minutes.
0: And you did that last spring, right?
1: Yep. Yep. I did it last April 14th is the start date for that. So I'm starting a couple of weeks earlier this time to try to get ahead of some of the horse damage on the trails. Yeah. So that was 65 hours and 35 minutes. It's kind of easier for me to understand in hours. Uh, so yeah, 65 hours of uh, being out on the trail.
0: Is there a place somebody can go look these things up? Like if you want to know who has the fastest known time at, you know, what, whatever. Yeah, trail.
1: it's fastestknowntime.com. And once you go to fastestknowntime.com, you can search for routes. And if you type in the River to River Trail, Illinois, you'll find the fastest known time for that one. There's also a bunch of other ones that are local, like the North to South Trail. There's even one on the canal loop uh, at Land Between the Lakes. So it just has to be a trail that's been submitted. Uh, and recognized as being somehow special enough to create an FKT by the SKT uh, body.
0: And how is it vetted? How do they know that, like Tim Jarvis mm-hmm. submits a email to him and says, "Hey, I just did this in six hours"?
2: Because I'm not uh, you
1: to- <laughs> You're flying on a drone or something. <laughs> uh, uh, you have to submit two types of GPS data. So. I am simultaneously recording on Strava with my phone, and I'm using my watch to record as well. So I will submit both of those GPX files directly to uh, fastestnowntime.com, and then they will check with Bill Gilmore, who is the president of the River to River Trail Society, and double-check that I hit all of the GPS coordinates that they think that I should have hit. Um, And then you also have to write a race report. Um, with all of the details and you have to submit any pictures and video that you took as well.
0: Wow. Pretty thorough. So, so that, it's
1: a lot. Yeah. it's was, a lot.
0: That was going to be my next question was, or, you know, if, or you're allowed to use some of your electronical type stuff, like, such as a, a watch or a, a Strava, a GPS format. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah, it's, it's required because you have to submit the data. Yeah, okay. so you couldn't really do a fastest known time without any kind of modern technology because you wouldn't have the appropriate documentation to submit.
0: So the the question that I often ask <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> henceforth why I refer to you as Crazy Lindsay all the time is <laughs> what. What happens in the mind of an ultra runner where you just wake up one morning and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go do 160 miles on the river to river trail. And not only am I going to do it, but I'm going to go for the fastest damn time out there. What, I where mean, does I, that mindset come from?
1: It's a buildup, right? So, I mean, in 2018, I, I was so out of shape, I couldn't even run a 5k, right? So I did a cap to 5k and I started building back up. Um, and you know, I start. I did a 5k and that was fun. And then a 10k and that was fun. And then a half marathon and I just kept building up and it was just like, it's kind of like a step, you know, you're going up steps and I don't know where the steps are leading. Um, I just know that they're still going. And this just seems like the next step that, that seems right for me. So I, since I did the supported last year. I just figured I might as well try the self-supported this year just to see if I've got that in me. I mean, I think if I'm being super honest, I think there's about a 50% chance of failure, which is probably why I'm so nervous, because this is by far going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, So I think that it is just trying to find that limit. I haven't found my limit yet. And this could be it. Um, If this isn't it, then I'll probably try unsupported next year. But um, I just want to see where the, you know, I'm going to keep climbing the steps until they, they end. And so we'll see if this is where they end or if I can keep climbing.
0: Perfect. I, yeah. I mean, everybody, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, <clears throat> so, uh, third axis outfitters is a brand that I have that, uh, will, you know, come more to fruition here in the near future. People will start hearing that, but, Um, our hashtag for that is push your limits. Um, so basically what you describe, you're pushing your limits, trying to find where your limits max out basically.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that everybody has kind of their own thing that they're trying to better themselves at, or, you know, their own hobbies that they like to just see what they can do next, whether it's fishing or hunting or sewing or crochet, you know, like there's so many things where you're just trying to, you know, bump up, you know, like, do the next hardest thing. Try some to tackle a project that's a little bit more difficult. And mine just happens to be with running.
0: I'm going to completely forgive you for including crocheting with hunting and fishing in that statement.
1: (laughs) I don't know how my mind went there, but I was just thinking, I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I knit a little, you know, I knit a little on the side and you know, when you start, you start with something really simple and then you keep getting a little bit more complex and a little bit more complex and seeing how, you know, how difficult a project you can do. And so it's similar in that mindset. It just happens to be that I'm using my legs and my body instead of just my hands.
0: So <clears throat> I'm going to jump ahead in my notes just a bit um, and then circle back. Mm-hmm. But I, cause we were already kind of hinting towards us already. Anyway, your expectations, um, so obviously, your expectations are—you, I mean—you're trying to set the fastest known time, okay? So that's a given. Um, your yep. expectations are also, of course, to you know make it from one end to the other and remain yeah. healthy, yeah. and be successful. Um, beyond right. that, I mean, is there any any uh, deeper dive into that that uh, we haven't talked about?
1: Um, I, I expect some parts to suck really bad.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> That's, that's the biggest expectation. There are going to be some times when it's really, really hard. But, um, I, like, I have an A, a B, and a C goal, like I, I always do. Um, so my A goal, my, like, best case scenario is to beat my supported time of that 65 hours and 35 minutes. Um, so I'm going to see if I can really push and go for that. And if it's just not working where I can't go that quickly with as much weight as I still have to carry. Because um, it's still a lot, even with the drop. Uh, that I that I have to carry with me. Um, so my B goal is to finish faster than the current unsupported FKT, which is uh, 23 hours slower. So I have like a 23 hour window between my A goal and my B goal. Um, so the current unsupported FKT is three days and 16 hours. And I would like my self-supported to be faster than that. Um, and then uh, my C goal is just to finish it because there's never been a female submit a self-supported time. So even if I finish in, if it takes me five days, I'll still have the female self-supported FKT. I just want to, you know, try to do better than that
2: one.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah. What concerns do you have with weather? And the reason I ask is twofold. Um, Looking at the extended forecast, which in Southern Illinois, you can never trust any of that, of course, but. Um, it, it appears to be decent, um, during the day, but dropping to be pretty cold at night. So that's, that's phase one and phase two is we have had a boatload of rain. So how does that affect, um, the terrain and what you think you're going to be navigating through?
1: Uh, I'm definitely concerned about how much rain that we've had. I'm glad that it's not supposed to rain today or tonight. Um, so the trail will get a little bit of time to drain off. A lot of the creeks drain pretty quickly. So I was a little bit concerned if it didn't stop raining that the creek crossings were going to be super high. Um, but I think it'll be a nice happy medium between being too dry to get water from and being raging from the rain. It'll, it'll at least have 24 hours to, to drain off some of that rain. Um, but I do think there are going to be some extremely muddy sections and some, a lot of standing water especially uh, along the areas where kind of the horses kind of muck it up and create a bunch of really deep holes, those are going to be all full of water. So I'm planning on getting my feet wet pretty early on <laughs> and being pretty muddy <laughs> continuously. But it's better than not having any water available um, because I can't do this if I can't get water from the creeks. And it was looking pretty dry last week when I was out at Godwin. Um, The Goblin Trail near Inspiration Point. So I was a little bit worried about how much water there was going to be this week if it didn't rain. So I'm happy that we did get some rain, but we just got a little bit too much. (laughs) So we shall see. Uh, It's supposed to be full sun uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Wow, I'm doing this tomorrow. (laughs) It's supposed to be full sun tomorrow. So um, that will at least dry out the trail for the days two and three uh, pretty, pretty well. And it's supposed to be pretty windy. So that will also help dry some sections out that are a little bit more exposed, but there's definitely going to be some, some mud pits that, you know, I'm going to probably wallow through.
0: Yeah. I was on, you mentioned Godwin trailhead. I was on Godwin. um When was that Lindsay? Shoot. Uh It was during our spring break.
1: I, I, yeah. Th- it was like a Thursday a while ago. I drug the trail? wife
0: out there, but anyway, Hutchins Creek had some water in it, but it wasn't like excessive at all. Right. But of course, since then we've had, uh, we had another s- snow ice storm that rolled through um, yep. and, and all the rain that we've had just in the last couple of days. So uh, there's no doubt yeah, the trail I think has that's changed.
1: For sure. Or I think that re- there's going to be enough water for me. So at least that's good.
0: <laughs> now do you, I was
1: going to, I was a little worried.
0: You you probably, I'm sure, keep um, water and so forth in your drop bags too.
1: Yes, I do have emergency water, not a ton. Um, I think I have a gallon at each drop. Um, and so I only am carrying a two half liter flask, so I I won't be able to use all of that, but I'm also cold soaking all of my food. I'm not taking any kind of heating implement to cook with. So I do need also extra water to, um, basically cold soak my food until it's, uh, hydrated enough to consume. Um, but I will definitely have to be filtering water along the way as well.
0: Are you limited to what you can have out there on the in the drop bags, or is it just whatever you think you need? You can do it.
1: Just yep, just whatever I think I need, I can do it. Yep. I mean, I just have the standard stuff: extra clothes, socks, uh, um, some first aid kits. <laughs> I tend to fall sometimes, you know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But just the general stuff: an extra inhaler in some of them, uh, extra duct tape, um, just in case I have to retape anything. Uh, some sunscreen because it's going to be pretty sunny and I burn like crazy. So yeah, just the typical stuff. So I reckon what you like to eat in there?
0: Speaking of food, <laughs> speaking of
1: food,
0: if you haven't listened to this show before, I have an infatuation with the soundboard. Um, especially when it comes to, uh, um, Carl, um, <laughs> Hydration. So specifically, what 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 are you going to be using to fuel yourself? So I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously food is so, a food and, and and water or liquids in general are going to be one of the most crucial elements of this whole thing. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what, my body
1: does very well going long distance as long as I keep feeding it and keep giving it water. So,
0: <laughs> as we always like to say, keep moving forward. What keeps Lindsay moving forward mm-hmm. um, with an event like this?
1: Uh, I'm going to be consuming a lot of tailwind. So I always use like a dilute mix of tailwind in my water. I never just drink straight water. Um, I think it helps keep my electrolytes a little bit more balanced. Um, and if I feel like they're getting a little bit wonky, then I also have salt tabs to supplement the tailwind. But I've got regular tailwind for during the day. Um, and then I've got the tailwind rebuild. That's a really nice uh, protein carbohydrate mix for Um, basically healing your muscles. And I'm going to be doing so much damage during the day. My plan is to drink an entire thing of rebuild tailwind right before I fall asleep um, and just try to refill that protein stock. Um, And then when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to put some caffeinated rebuild uh, in my coffee. And so first, you know, last thing at night, I'm going to do rebuild. And then first thing in the morning, I'm going to do tailwind rebuild. And then the rest of the day, it's just regular tailwind flavors. But tailwind is going to, for sure, propel me forward. And then um, as far as food, (laughs) I have a lot of different food items. Um, So I'm cold soaking, which means that you just put a bunch of dehydrated dry stuff in a container and you put some water in it and you hike with it for like one or two hours until it's, you know, plump and it looks like it's consumable. It's not going to taste great, but I've got like some oatmeal for lunch which has like cinnamon and peanut butter powder and powdered coconut milk and like cacao nibs um, in that for my lunches. And then for dinner, I've got instant mashed potatoes with like this green superfood powder. So I can get a little bit of veggies going on there, powdered coconut milk and some of uh, the co-op in Carbondale has these delicious refried camping beans that you can just rehydrate and eat. Um, And so I'm putting some of those in the mashed potatoes for a little bit of flavor bump, but. That's what I'm eating a lot of. Dan's protein bars, bacon, dates, pork beans. You said bacon. <laughs> bacon yeah. Always. I have bacon, a lot of bacon out there in the forest. <clears throat> <laughs> Honey finger waffles and shoes. So a lot of different stuff to kind of just be excited. I have some Snickers and Payday bars hidden in my, in my drops as well so that I can have a big old candy bar along the way.
0: So there's no like filet mignons or racks of baby back ribs or anything hidden on the course in a drop bag.
1: Sadly, none of that. Sadly. Nope. All
0: right. <laughs> what about the yeah. Morgan? Do you have so maybe any, after? Do you have any of the Morgan out there?
1: I do not have any of the Morgan. I've got Fireball in my last drop bag though. And <laughs> we are gonna have to momentarily pause.
0: Fireball is
1: Momentary a- pause. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. All right.
1: All right. I'll
0: be right back with you. Okay. All right, folks. Sorry we took a little slight pause for something, but we are back, and we were talking about something very crucial, and that's known as fireball. So, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going to be hydrating with the Morgan. However, no. a very key ingredient to the Morgan, I believe, is probably fireball. So you're at least you know touching on some of that.
1: Absolutely yes. Um, so my last drop, I'm going to have an option when I get there to either keep going because I, I could just push and finish in you know that on that second day and just keep running and not sleep a third time, or I could you know set up my uh, busy and my my tarp again and sleep. But uh, if I don't sleep, I'm going to take a shot of Fireball and just keep going. <laughs> so that's why. <laughs>
0: bacon and fireball yeah, we'll see
1: Damn. bacon and fireball that's what I'll be munching on on the levee on the way to grand tower <laughs> <laughs> no better combo
0: <laughs> so uh if if we can kind of avoid the shoe topic at the moment because we'll get into that in a little bit um okay well let's talk gear so you you need mm-hmm. a, a lot of various types of gear not not just for moving but you're going to be camped out, yes. So, and it, it, yes. We're, we're talking about kind of colder uh, weather right now yeah. at night. So, what 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 what's coming along with you to get you through um, not only the moving part, but the um, getting your rest in between?
1: Yeah. So, when I move in, I'm moving, I'm going to be wearing compression socks and arm warmers. If it, you know, in the morning it's going to be cold, so I'll put the arm warmers on. I'll take them off during the day, and then as I'm you know continually moving at night cause I probably won't stop moving until about 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night. I'm going to put the arm warmers back on. Um, and so that's, they're really helpful cause you can adjust as you go. And then hiking poles for sure. Um, I have an Osprey pack. I always call it the, the Tempest, but it's the tempest. <laughs> so it's a 30 liter female specific pack. Uh, and it is, guess what color it is? Purple. It's purple. <laughs> no it's brainer. a beautiful pack. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, that off 30 liter does really well. I, I modified it a little bit and, to, and so two, um, hydration bottles that sit at, on the front, like a, like a, an actual running race vest, because I'm so used to having those bottles up there and the off pack didn't have anything for hydration to sit there. So I just modified the pack a little bit so that it could carry my two ultra Fire bottles up front. Um, and then I am, sleeping in a 30 degree Western Mountaineering sleeping bag. It's an ultralight bag. Um, but it is like going to be 30 degrees and I've never slept in this bag when it's exactly at the temperature it's rated for. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm putting my sleeping bag in what's called a bivy. It's almost more like a sleeping bag sack than a tent. Uh, it's extremely small, um, it's basically just to provide a layer of protection and so like a snake doesn't crawl into my sleeping bag with me because I can zip it all the way up around me. Because no I was dice. like, I can't, right, I can't officially cowboy camp right now because the snakes are migrating a lot and I just don't want to take that risk. So um, I definitely am putting my sleeping bag in a bivvy that, that zips all the way up. You know, I, it has mesh on it so I can see out from my face. But other than that, it's basically just like a cocoon. And this is where I may get cold is that my footprint and my fly that I'm using are just plastic drop cloth. So I'm putting a plastic drop cloth under the bivy and then I've modified a uh, plastic drop cloth so that it has tie outs on it. Um, so I can put it basically like an A-frame over my bivy. If it's raining. If it's not raining, I probably won't mess with it and just, you know, sleep in the bivy and stare at the stars. But, yep, it, it might be cold. I've got those body warmers that you can literally, like, stick to yourself. They, they're, like, hand warmers except larger and sticky. And I'm going to stick one on my neck, one on my lower back, and one on my feet. <laughs> so, hopefully that'll keep me warm enough.
0: Is it safe to say that if you wake up with a serpent in your sleeping bag that that equals a whammy?
1: That's definitely a whammy. That's a pretty big whammy. If I, if I sleep with a serpent, I'm probably just going to cry and I don't cry.
2: <laughs> um what, uh...
1: it's a it's my poop trowel <laughs> it is it is an ultra light poop trowel called the deuce and it's the purple <laughs> <laughs> but they it's a <laughs> It's a company and they're called The Deuce and they make poop trowels and it's an ultralight little poop trowel because for those of you that don't know the rules for pooping in a forest, you have to, you know, go quite a bit off trail, dig a hole six inches and then cover it back up. So you got to have some kind of implement to dig a hole. So I I like my little purple poop (laughs) trowel.
0: I'm going to buy one just because of the name.
1: Yeah, they have all different colors. I don't know if they have camo though, but The Deuce, mm -hmm, Wow. very good. That's awesome. And then I'm taking my gooder sunglasses. I've got a really DC power bank so that my phone doesn't my die. And I've got aftershock headphones or shocks. Now they're called to uh, wear as well. If I really am having a low moment, I'm going to put those on and listen to some upbeat music. Cause that helps.
0: You can listen to uh, lace up and run.
1: Yeah, there you go. Listen to myself talking about <laughs> how bad it's going to be right. while I'm, while it's bad. <laughs> how much sleep are
0: you planning to get?
1: Last five hours a night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Five hours a night. So maybe just 10 hours. Oh, I got to let you, I got to go again. All right. <laughs> I got to pause. All yeah. right.
0: All right. So after a brief pause, welcome back. So we are trying to record this while also doing business at the same time. So that's why we have to pause a couple <laughs> times. Um. I wanted to kind of touch on one or two more things before we move on, if that's okay. So, um, you mentioned uh, during our little pause, um, which I think is something I didn't think about, but it's it's very crucial. And <clears throat> this isn't a 100-mile um, race where there's 100 people towing the start line and uh, multiple aid stations along the route. You're flying solo. Um And yeah. sadly, totally. we do up
1: totally by myself yep
0: right and sadly we live in a world where you know there are just not good people um so uh, how are you planning to take care of yourself in the rare event that something were to occur um safety wise
1: all right. Yep. So I, if I am listening to music, I always have on the aftershock so I can hear what's going on around me. I think that's one of the most important thing is being able to hear and being aware for sure. Um, you know, like I'm not just wandering through the woods, not paying attention. I, I'm always pretty alert, um, but I have a self-defense, I call it my stabby stabby. It's got finger holes in it um, and two really sharp points. Um, and I would just go right for the neck with that little bad boy. And that is on my waist at all times. And then I've got pepper spray on my waist at all times that's almost more for dogs so um because I feel like if I am going to have a problem it's going to be dogs more than anything else and then I also carry a knife so I've got a couple alternatives for you know if somebody tries to mess with me and also they've got to catch me, you know, running on trail <laughs> through the woods, to, you know, like they've got to keep up with me if they want to attempt that. So that's the first thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Catch me if you can. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I never, yep. uh, I am very rarely um, caught without a pocket knife. So yeah, uh, it's kind of, if I got, if I got my underwears on, I've got a pocket knife probably somewhere. So,
1: yeah, this is a little bigger than a pocket knife, but it'll it'll do it'll do well.
0: Nobody so. wants to envision what I just brought up, anyway. Um,
1: <laughs> your pocket knife tucked into your underwear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so kind of something I wanted to touch on, and then we can move on um, from this. But you know, it, it, there, there's there's the training aspect of doing what you're getting ready to embark on. So <clears throat> it's one thing to, um go into a 5k let's say, or even 10k, um, without doing any sort of training whatsoever, you're probably going to be just fine. However, um, you're not going to go do a 157 mile journey without training for it physically. But what may arguably even be more important than that is the mental training aspect of it. So how have you approached this from those two perspectives?
1: All right. So the physical aspect of it, I feel like I have a pretty big base. Um, I did, um, you know, last fall, uh, because I I look like six months back, like, what were you doing six months ago? Because that's, you know, a lot of what's going to carry you through. Um, So last fall, you know, I did the last Boy Scout 104 miles. And then a month later, I did Arrowhead 100 miles. And then a month later, I ran a super fast marathon at Tunnel Hill. So I think all of those um, give me, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Sorry, it is a big deal, but I can't help myself. Um, I think all of those kind of give me a little bit of confidence, just knowing that I was able to do those back to back to back. Um, and I also, you know, have had some pretty big weeks in early January with Bingo. Um, and then I felt like I was starting to get a little bit injured, so I took some time off. So I'm a little bit worried that I'm under-trained for this. But I would rather go in completely rested than go in tired. So I have fresh legs. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm recovered from LBL. So I feel like I'm really ready to roll with this. Um, and then the mental aspect of it, uh, I've, I've done some runs at night by myself with nobody else there, just running all through the night. Um, I did some really big miles on trail with, uh, some heavy packs. Uh, on difficult days. So I think it's just in training, putting yourself through some really difficult runs, and just making sure that even on a training day, you can, you know, force your mind to do some things that you didn't think was possible. And so then if you know, you're going for something official, like the FKT, or you're actually in a race, then it's even easier to push yourself mentally, because you know that it's game time. Um, so I I just definitely do some really hard stuff in training. And then when it comes to actually doing it on, on game day, it's, you know, it doesn't feel like it's as big of a struggle, but there's definitely going to be times I'm riding the struggle bus and I'm sitting in the pain case, but, uh, it's accepting that a lot of just accepting that that's, what's going to happen um and not getting down about it just saying that you know it's an ultra i'll come out of it you know i'll have a a high in a little bit and that'll be great and then there'll be another low and we'll get through it so it's just kind of riding the waves of an ultra
0: yeah uh training is so crucial um you know i I, just sitting here listening to you talk about that reminded me of you know uh, a lot of folks who know me know my background and i come from a law enforcement background but it we always trained for those worse most adverse situations so that when you're thrust into those situations, that training just automatically kicks in as an instinct and you just kind of, you know, and that's what it's about. The, the training, 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 and um, not only just training, but training in the environment in which you're going to be in that case, working or in this case, you know, um, doing your activity. So,
1: um, yep. Yep. I've done a lot of miles on the river to river at this point, And I've also done a lot more strength training than I used to. So physically, my body is the strongest that it's ever been in terms of like abs, back, you know, arms, but my legs probably aren't at their strongest because I haven't been doing continuously high mileage. Um, I swim, I bike, I strength train, I run. So I kind of balance it all out and just don't do really long weekly running miles. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that is a strategy that's going to work. Um, Whenever I get above about 50 miles a week for, you know, three weeks in a row, I definitely start to feel like my body is going to break. So I tend to just do lower mileage weeks running and then cross train a bunch. And it's so far been okay. So we'll see if it carries me through this as well.
0: Hey, and when all else fails, there's fireball and bacon.
1: You're right, and I can crawl. You know, i got strong arms.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Lindsay, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know this without me saying, but uh, we can't be there with you in person, obviously, for um, the goal that you're going for, but know that we are with you, and I'll be rooting for you and thinking about you the entire time. and um, oh, thanks. The RTS family has your back, and – Most importantly, we, uh, just, uh, hope for, um, safety and no whammies.
1: No whammies. Yeah. I'll be posting on Facebook some updates when I have service. So everybody kind of knows what's going on, but I won't be saying I'm specifically here. Obviously, you know, I'm at this such and such mile, but I will check in and say, you know, I'm going well or, Oh crap, this is terrible. But yeah, so I'll be posting some stuff on Facebook.
0: Cool. Um, So this is the part of the show where I have to do the boring part. I have to throw in the little commercial because that's what keeps us going. Um, So (laughs) everybody has their uh, brand of running watch. If you're in the fitness world, you probably have a fitness watch of some sort. It may be Fitbit. It might be Apple Watch. It might be Samsung Galaxy. It might be Coros. It might be Garmin. Whatever it may be. Um, I personally... I currently have on a Garmin Instinct 2. And this is the Tactical Solar edition that Garmin recently sent me and I have become infatuated with it. I nice. I love it. I had a Garmin Phoenix 6 that I liked quite a bit. Um, but now that I've had the opportunity for a oh, week and a half or so to try out this new solar tactical edition Instinct 2 um I'm really digging it. The Garmin Instinct 2 is a rugged GPS smartwatch and tough enough to keep up with your demands while you push the boundaries in the woods or on the trail. Choose from the standard edition for up to 28 days of battery life, but that is in smartwatch mode. Little caveat there, not full GPS doing what Lindsay's doing um, over the next few days. Or choose the solar version, which is what I have, for unlimited battery life. Um, So far in my trials i have yet to get below 25 days of battery life it usually ranges between 25 and 27 right now we haven't had much sun so i'm hovering in the 25 range um the watch has a hunt mode which i uh, kind of draws me to it a fish mode along with your standard fitness activity modes for runners and hikers with the garmin instinct 2 there is something for your type of adventure
2: Did your shoes come untied? Yeah, well, drinking bourbon will do that. Fill your glass and welcome back to Lace Up and Run. Oh, yeah, and retie your shoes.
0: Did you retie your shoes, Lindsay? Are we ready?
1: We're ready. I'm good to go.
0: Okay. Uh, let's move into the shoe spotlight because this, uh, plays a significant role in what you're doing. And, um, we decided for the shoe spotlight of this episode to be the shoe that you're intending to, um, do your entire 160 miles on. I'll do, yep. the, I'll do the tech stuff here and then we'll move into the, cause the tech stuff's kind of the boring stuff. And then we'll move into the real life experience and why you've chose this. So this is the ultra Olympus four is our shoe spotlight of this show. Um, The Ultra Olympus 4, let's see, I'm trying to read off my notes, bear with me, is a max cushion trail shoe um, featuring an improved premium tongue for enhanced comfort and a more locked-in feel. The engineered mesh upper is breathable and durable for those long, hot trail days, and the Interflex midsole offers increased flexibility and performance. Top it off, we kept, we meaning ultra kept the trail essentials like the sticky Vibram Mega Grip outsole and the always handy Gator Trap. So in ultra's natural form, they have the all natural foot shape, um, which allows your foot to sit naturally in the shoe, um, allow your toes to spread out a little bit and get a better toe off. Um, it has the balanced cushioning with the zero drop platform, which means there's equal distance from the ground, um, whether you're heel or fo- forefoot which allows for better alignment, better form, and low-impact landing. Um, The Trail Claw are are the lugs on the bottom of the shoe. They are strategically placed beneath the metatarsals to provide added traction underfoot. And the Vibram Mega Grip, I'll get it out, is the high-performance, sticky rubber, um, unparalleled grip on both wet and dry surfaces for rugged longevity and optimal, optimal ground adaptability. Struggling to talk, Lindsay, sorry. Um,
1: this is okay. We, it's because we can't have any bourbon right now.
0: That's it. Yeah, definitely speak better with uh, Kentucky Uh You're on a 33 millimeter stack height, which is huge. You're entering the realm of the Hoka footwear at that point. Um, so that's the tech of the Ultra Olympus. So coming from a, uh, you have somebody in there?
1: Uh, we got a UPS delivery.
0: Oh, okay. Coming from a um, uh, dealer standpoint, we had a a struggle trying to get the Ultra Olympus. I, I tried to get it for quite some time, well over a year actually, and was never able to get it. So, uh, to put that in perspective, what happens is, as much like us as a retailer, we when we go to get a new shoe. Oh, now
1: we, it. Now I got somebody.
0: Okay, we're going to talk about the Olympus in a second.
1: Yeah, we will.
0: (laughs) So you're going to have to tell these folks to come back and get their shoes later. We're trying to record a podcast. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We were talking Ultra Olympus. Um, So I will be honest. um, I have never worn the Olympus. I'm an Ultra Lone Peak trail runner. I love the Lone Peak, but I've never worn the Olympus. But what I was getting at uh, before we paused was, much from the dealer side how we always uh, when we're looking at what footwear to um, get we want to get obviously the footwear that's going to sell and then to take it another step we have to figure out what size runs that we think will do well in as well as what colorways we think will do well in so when ultra um, released olympus 4 much the same from the manufacturer side when they submit however many pieces of footwear which i'm sure is a number that's just nuts um, to be manufactured they're trying to use those same per se algorithms and and analytics to figure out what they need to supply um, how much footwear do we need to supply our dealer accounts across the country as well as um, their online side that they do direct to consumer well what happened was is for well over a year I wasn't able to get Olympus 4 because they <clears throat> drastically underestimated um the popularity of the shoes. So uh it's kind of twofold. They didn't think it was going to be as popular as it turned out to be as well as we were dealing with the COVID stuff where factories were shutting down in South Vietnam and so forth. Um so with all Double whammy. that Right. So with all of that said, we now do fully carry uh the Ultra Olympus 4. And I will turn it over to you because you have the real life experience with the shoe and you are planning to use that shoe exclusively for the most part. Um, I shouldn't say exclusively because that's not true. But for the most part, you're using the Olympus on your um, river to river trek.
1: Yes, I'm going to attempt to run the entire thing in the Olympus. Um, since it's zero drop, I'm a little bit worried about my Achilles. Uh, it hasn't been giving me any trouble for a while. But if it does start to get me trouble, I might change on that third day. But pending any kind of emergency situation like that, I will be running completely in the Olympus. It's just, I mean, it's the thick boy. You know, like it's got tons of cushions. So I don't really feel much underneath my feet, which is good when you're doing 157 miles. Um, it's stable. The upper really hugs my foot well. It's wide enough so that when my foot actually swells, like it's going to swell tremendously, uh, I won't lose, you know, toenails or I won't have a lot of compression on my foot from the shoe because it's going to definitely have enough room for me to swell up a bit. Um, I just love the way that it runs. It's a little heavy, but you're, you know, you, the, what you get out of it is worth the weight for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm looking here. It, it is, at least on the men's side, 11.6 ounces. So, yeah, it's, but, I mean, that's kind of your trade-off when you're going with that 33-millimeter stack I too.
1: Exactly, yep. And it's um, It's just, it runs very well. I like it smooth. Uh, I don't ever feel like my ankles are going to turn when I'm on gnarly terrain. It sticks really well to wet rock. Um, I just don't slip and slide around in it a lot. It's just a really, really great shoe. And I fall a lot and I feel like the Olympus helps me not fall as much. You know, like I feel like it does well, like supporting my life.
0: (laughs) I think that's been my only, um, hesitation with it is, um, you know, I have always, always going all the way back to my, um, high school basketball days, you know, 376 years ago. Um, I've always had (laughs) ankle problems. I roll ankles. bad. Mm -hmm. I sprain my ankles all the time and, Um, March of last year, I sprained my ankle really bad. Um, like we weren't sure if it was broke or sprained, it turned out to be a a really bad sprain. So I'm always super hesitant to jump into footwear I'm not familiar with, and especially something that has such a large stack height that I feel like I can roll in a little bit more. Um, so
1: understandable. Yeah.
0: But I'm also getting older and I need that kind of cushioning under my feet to, you know, absorb that impact. So I, I'm on, you know, I've gone back and forth with it. I'm like, I need to be in that shoe on the trail. But at the same time, I, it just scares me because I don't want to deal with what I dealt with a year ago, uh, with my ankle. Cause that wasn't good. I mean, I was, I was down for months trying to get that ligament repair, sure. and I don't want to do that again. So.
1: Yeah, you were you were you were down for a long time. It was, um, yeah. and you would you would try to get back, and then it would just hurt again. And you try to come back, and it would just cause more problems. Yeah, so, there
0: were multiple moments yeah. where I th- I thought I was healed and ready to go, and then I would go run or whatever it may be, um, whatever form of exercise, and then instantly feel that that issue again. And I don't know how much of that was actually ligament pain versus what was in my head, um, but yeah, regardless,
1: yep. Well, it's not a very tippy shoe. I, I definitely, uh, I mean, my left ankle is titanium, so it's not going to roll regardless. <laughs> so, but my right ankle, I mean, it doesn't ever feel like I'm going to tip over in the shoe. It does. It hits, you know, like it stays on the rocks that you plant it on. Um, and I haven't had any problems with it, you know, making me feel unstable at all, despite the stack height. It's a very, it's firm, you know, it's a firm cushion. So you're not really sinking into it and you're not really kind of. Uh, It's not really given on the sides. You're not rolling in, rolling out. So I I think it's a very well-made shoe.
0: Excellent. Mm -hmm. And
1: It already has, the pair that I'm going to wear already has 161 miles on it. Uh, And so by the end of this, it'll have over 300, well over 300 miles on it. So I'm interested to see how well it holds up to this because it's going to be, it's going to be a bear out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Go ahead.
1: Oh, hopefully no cougars. It, the shoe can be a bear, but I don't want to see any cougars.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, a little shameless plug here. You may find that Ultra Olympus 4 at one of our two retail locations, RTS Sports and also at run um, 2 way, It's such a good shoe. Either way, we can hook you up with a pair of Ultra Olympus. And that keeps us moving forward. Hashtag straight into the supply chain because, you know, that Olympus was – difficult to get as i aforementioned um and now it seems to be um quite a bit easier to obtain now colorways aren't always an option it's sometimes whatever they have on there is what i grab but um explaining supply chain as we've talked about before so the first couple of years that we were in businesses run specialty um supply chain wasn't much of an issue um so we, we write futures orders, which means in the spring season, you'll write some orders in the fall. In the fall season, you write some for the spring. But in between there, you fill them in with what we call at-once. And at any given time in that first couple of years, at-once orders were easy to come by for the most part. You know, if, if customer A said, um, you don't carry this style, but this is the style that I want, and I want to buy from you, can you get? Well, there was a really solid chance that I could say yes. Or if it is a style that we have, but they just weren't digging the color, is there any chance you can get a new color? 99% of the time, I would say, yep, no problem. Well, then the last two years came about and it went from a really solid chance of saying yes to almost a 100% certainty of saying no. So I say all of that to say this, in the last week or so, I'm starting to see a little bit of a turnaround. I was uh, starting there this past Tuesday, I was able to order some footwear that I've not been able to order in almost two years. Um, just glancing...
1: I saw a- I saw a New Balance box arrive for the first time right, since right. I've been at RTS. We've talked about this quite a
0: bit since you've joined the team. You've you've not been able to experience that previous normal. You know, you've you've only seen right. the you've only seen the nope can't get nope can't get nope can't get. And, um, yeah, so I, I hope it's not an outlier. I hope this is the sign of things to come. Yeah, things are, yeah, things are turning
1: around.
0: So I'm not on this podcast to tell you that everything is back to normal and we're perfect, ready to go. No, but I can say because I see this two three times a week when I'm doing orders that I am starting to see some things populate again that we weren't able to see for quite some time. So I'm I'm hoping that is the direction we're heading, and here soon enough we will be able to say with 99% certainty when customer asks that question, yes.
1: I hope so. That'll be cool. <laughs> That'll be a nice change. <laughs> yes, of course.
0: Of course. So that is the supply chain. Uh the last thing I really wanted to get into was uh you know, we have we have these platforms and they're free to join. Um you can jump on RTS Runners on the Facebook and uh send me a request and I do I do have it set up via request because sadly there are fake accounts out there who send me requests to join our page. So I have to kind like of uh, navigate Jane,
1: Benefer. Jane Benifer gets on there and laughs at everything. Right. So you don't have it right.
0: <laughs> restricted. Right. So um, jump on the RTS runners on Facebook. We also have an RTS runners on Strava um, and we have some challenges coming up. So we, I don't know that uh, I'll kind of defer to you here for a minute, but we haven't fully um, decided exactly where we're going, but some of the things that we're going to be doing with challenges is some giveaways and various things like that. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be having um, Strava slash Facebook challenges. However, it's most convenient for you guys to log your miles or let us know what you're doing. Um, And then we're going to have basically when you complete a certain number of miles, you get to put your name in a hat. You complete the certain number of miles again, you put your name in the hat and then you can win some free stuff at RTS. That'll definitely be one of them coming up soon. So keep an eye out for challenges. And it is RTS Runners on Facebook that you can join to be a part of those all right Dan <laughs> All uh, right, Dan. keeping it fun yeah. keeping it fun
0: absolutely I will be the first to admit I'm not a big social media guy but I'm gonna to have to learn to embrace it I keep saying that but um, I'm gonna embrace it a little better because that's just kind of where everything's at right I mean it's, it's what it, it is.
1: is it is yep
0: so with all of that being said um I appreciate Lindsay you jumping on here um
1: yeah. Thanks for letting me talk about how nervous I am about tomorrow <laughs> and the next day and the next day and the next day.
0: <laughs> well, We will be with you in spirit dear and, and wish you nothing but success and, um, keep moving forward. That's what you got to keep telling yourself, right?
1: Yeah. That's what I got. to keep telling myself. I might just write it in my arm and Sharpie. Keep moving
2: forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: am going to let you get back to the retail side of things. And I believe that I am going to go do my daily throwing about my kettlebells and, um, probably head to the Marion location after that. So in closing, all right, well, yeah, no, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say have a wonderful day.
0: Absolutely. So in closing, y'all know what to do. Lace them up and get
2: after it. Unless you're halfway through a 100-mile race or your bourbon glass ran empty, then you're ready to click play on the next episode. Already caught up? Then have your glass ready and join us next week for another epic episode of Lace Up and Run.